and welcome to Concentrated, the podcast about all of the stuff that we find cool and interesting as nerds of color. I'm your host, Maria, and I am joined by my co-host, Eric. What's up? And Manera. Hey. So as many of you know, I am dying with anticipation for next week's show because it will mean that I have already watched uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness at least two to three times. We decided that we're going to try to stay off of the internet because they're, well, they're spoiling yeah. shit. Even Marvel themselves is dropping yeah. everything. They're throwing the whole kitchen sink at these these trailers. Yeah, and I don't I don't want any part of it. So you know what we do when we want to escape? We escape into the wonderful world of books. So today we're going to be having ourselves a little book club. Uh, but before we do that, Eric is going to give us some news. Um, I got a whole bunch of news. One, we didn't record last week, so I had some stories from then, but also um, I got a bunch more news because things like CinemaCon happened, and then um, it is apparently, you know, the season where things between Netflix and just the uh, general... um, networks alone like swinging axes all over the place so i got a whole bunch <laughs> yeah, of cancellations what the hell is that about well i'm sure you'll get into it but it just seemed like that's all that came across my timeline on everything this week this is canceled this is canceled hey you yeah. like this guess what it's canceled like everything's getting fucking canceled yep uh but first i got two deaths um one probably more important to me. Um, you guys might know, who, not I know who this person is, but you've definitely seen his influence. Um, the other being uh, country music legend uh, Naomi Judd, who has mm-hmm. died at age seventy six. Who I was unaware is the mother of um, Ashley Judd and the other Judd Winona. Yeah, they're oh, the you Judds. didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, Again, they were like a whole ass doing... like duo back yeah. in like the late eighties, early nineties. Like they were and messy huge. as huge. Oh yeah, they were super messy. I don't I don't listen to country music, so I don't I, mean, I don't really know about I know Dolly right. Parton and Johnny Wood Cash, that's about it. You don't really have to do a, I feel like you didn't really have to to know the Judds. I think you knew this and you just kind of blocked I know it out. The the actor Judds. Yeah, but that was that was like the second, the um, second especially Judds. for for Ashley, like that was yeah. her like Second, or wait, no, Winona, because Winona is the mom, right? Yeah, yeah. So, isn't the I thought the mom was no, no, no. Winona is Ashley's mom, is what I'm saying, right? No, Winona and Ashley are sisters. Oh, they're sisters. See, I had it fucked up. I thought that Ashley was Winona's daughter. I thought it was like grandma, ma, daughter, not grandma or mom, daughters. Well, either way, the acting was like. Go, oh, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Naomi is the um the mother, and mm-hmm. Winona would sing with her mom, Naomi, right. and then Ashley was the actress. Yeah, but you can like you're fair with that, Maria, because Winona looks old enough to be Ashley's mother. Oh, and yeah. That's because of hard. You know, she's had a hard yeah. Life. Live, she yeah. was living hard life. Well, I mean, listen when when. This news dropped, I think it was yesterday, we were all together, and I was like, I thought that Naomi was, like, in her 90s. Like, I just, you know, I'm just going to leave that there. 
76, and apparently they haven't released what the cause was, but they said that it is, uh, you know, caused by declining mental health issues. So oh, I'm assuming possibly something like dementia. Yeah. That's terrible. It is. Yeah. Uh, the other death is um, comic book icon Neil Adams. And if you don't know Neil Adams, you uh, he's dead at 80, um, unfortunately, due to complications of sepsis. Ooh. Uh, but Neil Adams is the person responsible for giving you the modern version of Batman and other superheroes back in the sixties and yep. uh, back in the seventies, he basically took away the, the goofy Adam West Batman and brought it back to more similar to the original Batman, which was kind of dark, but like when anyone describes Batman as dark and gritty, the, the what they're describing is Neil Adams version of Batman. He did the same thing with like green lantern and green arrow. And he brought back all these popular characters from the silver age and kind of modernized them. Um, and he was he was definitely a trailblazer, one for his art style, but also he is one of the first artists um, to make it big, but then go back and fight for underpaid artists to make sure mm -hmm. that people were getting a fair cut. Yeah, so. that's that's a really I mean, again, you know, we've always kind of joked that like our threshold for age is like 70 and he's definitely over that. But it's still really sad. Like he was truly a pioneer. Yeah. And like I said, if if you enjoy comic books these days, then right. some, anything that you have read think. has had his influence. Yep, yep, so, for sure. It's a bummer, and he's he's up there with like Jack Kirby, the King of Comics, mm -hmm. and, and all of them. So that's a bummer for comics nerds. Um, moving right along, because like, like I said, I got a lot of news. Um, we got the news that a um, the Puss in Boots sequel has been pushed to December. Um, don't know why i'm assuming they're just i believe they're taking advantage of something else coming out of a december december slot so they're just pushing it to december family films do very well in december that they do yep um another delay uh we got the news that into the spider-verse um or what were they calling it across the spider-verse is no spider longer yeah. no longer being called across the spider-verse part one and part two now it's just across the spider-verse is its own movie and then whatever the third one is is um also being pushed to to, to 2023 uh, but now they're dropping the part one and two subtitles and they're just going to be you know spider-man two and three listen as long as they do it right i don't care like that's fine <laughs> yeah. no complaints Apparently, they showed some early footage at CinemaCon, and people lost their minds. Um, In a good they, way, I hope. Yeah. No. Okay. No, the, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to have to work hard to fuck that up. Uh, we don't, don't put anything don't, past Sony, Don't though. tell come Sony on. to do that. <laughs> right, right. Now now you've given them the hold my beer excuse, Eric. Well, like, come on. Speaking of Sony, um, we got the news at CinemaCon that A, Venom 3 has been greenlit because Why? Venom, Venom, Venom. these Venom movies make some decent change and people like them. And I mean, if I had to take that over Morbius, yeah, Venom <laughs> Venom is night and day better than Morbius. So <sighs> if you're going to have to make a, a trilogy out of any of these Spider-Man villains that didn't need their own movies, I'll take the Venom <laughs> I still need to watch the second one. I actually have not sat down and watched the second one. Me and one your brother fell asleep against. It uh, is over, dumb yeah. fun, like not like good dumb fun, but like this is dumb, also kind of fun, but like okay, it doesn't doesn't need to be a Venom movie. It, I don't know. Uh, speaking of Sony, also announced that um, along with Venom and Morbius, now they are bringing um, I forget his real name, but uh, the musician Bad Bunny, who is a Puerto Rican musician, Benito. Who, 
he is playing he's getting his own spider-man villain series called wait, el what? muerte which is another spider-man villain from <laughs> wait, 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 ago, wait? No, no wrestler no no yeah he is el muerte and he's getting his own movie Greenlit by but you were so excited, Maria. What happened? Listen, <laughs> giving him a little like cameo the, the, in some shit. Yeah, I'm like, here the for the buzz for his role in the movie um, Bullet Train. Apparently, is very good, but I don't think it's good enough to like. I'm more upset that they gave him El Muerte instead of just giving him one of the other villains and being like, oh, okay, well, that character is Puerto Rican now. I'm fine well, with that. It's it's El Muerto, not El Muerte. So, uh, Eric, come on, care. get your, get no. your Puerto Rican or get your Spanish together. Because El Muerto, it basically just translate in, it, it translates into the dead. So, his character, yeah. yeah. He, is, he is a Mexican wrestler who fights the underworld and some dumb shit. It's... They gave him the most stereotypical Latino character, and I'm more upset about that than the fact that he's getting his own movie. Like you could have given, you could have made him well, not the shocker, but the shocker is this: you could have made him the chameleon who they mentioned right. in right in fucking Morbius. You could have made him, you know, any number of other Spider-Man villains that we haven't seen. Why did you have to make him the Latino villain? Well, well, here's here's the other thing, Benito, my boy. You are making so much money right now doing all of this stuff. And to your point, Eric, the couple of little like uh, cameos that he's had, he's been fine in. <sighs> you don't need your own superhero movie yet. And even yeah. if, Sony, even if you Sony did. Sony wants the minority hire. They're like, Sony, oh, we'll, we'll get this. Well, but see, but this, is, but this is the fucked up part. You have a Puerto Rican guy playing a Mexican fucking character when there are a ton of really great Mexican actors that could also, you know what, play a Mexican fucking character. I they, love Bad they, Bunny. They I they love one, Benito. They needed a but brown come guy. on. Because there are plenty of brown yeah, Mexican brown guy. guys. Because, Listen, because you, have, you have Venom, Maria. who is white. You have Morbius, who is white. You have Craven the Hunter, who is white. You know. And My you issue know is that not when you, you know the, the Mexican, you know the Mexican and Puerto Rican are interchangeable to mm-hmm. white folks. You know yep. that. <sighs> completely the same. Completely. Benito. Why does this shock you? Benito, why? Why? Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio, why? No, don't you Why are him. you doing this? Why are you letting them use you as the brown pawn? My he, guy. He's like, why? He's like Maria, Maria. The bag's calling. I do apologize, but the bag is calling. Yeah, clearly the Corona bag is not enough. He needs he needs the the Mar the Sony Marvel bag too. Ugh. Okay. In association with Marvel. Marvel. Well, it's a Marvel character, so friend friend of a friend. Here's here's the here's the bad part. It's gonna make a fuck ton of money. Because people, it will. Fu- it will only because, because people it, fucking stri- love Bad name, Bunny. Yeah. The, it's 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 like it's not even a diversity hire at this point. Like this is the let's go ahead and just throw dynamite into the fucking pond and watch all the little uh, brown Latino fish pop up because that's what's gonna happen. Like people love fucking Bad Bunny, so you're gonna have like somebody's abuelita that's never even watched a Marvel movie be like, oh, Bad Bunny's in the movie. I want to go see. And next thing you know, we're all going to be forced to go watch a shitty movie because you want to support, you want to be there for the culture, but you know the movie's going to be trash. I mean, I paid money. Well, I didn't, but I had like money was paid for Morbius. So I was like, you pay for an A list subscription, you still yeah. paid money for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. This. <sighs> anyway. 
moving along. Uh, Benito, more, no. That's, more that's, that's, more no. things announced. I'm not going to say no. Get that bag. <laughs> Get it that bag, brown exist. man. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to say no for a brown. Well, no, I know. But, you know. I know. I know. I'm more excited to see him in bullet training because that actually looks right. really fucking good. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, additional things announced at CinemaCon. Um, they announced because apparently everyone but me loved it. Um, a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, no, no, you weren't alone, I bro. Was, I, I fucking hated it. Yeah. We, a, we did the thing where we all talked about how much it didn't really need to be a thing. I did not like and it. And now we're getting it again. Yeah. Everyone that I talked to was like, isn't it so great? It, it's all the, it's the best Ghostbusters. It's like, you're shitting all over the 2016 version just to say that you did. I don't care about this movie. I didn't care yeah. when it came out. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I think we're um, all aligned. Fuck that remake. And also, we we reviewed the first one. We've done our due diligence. We're not bothering with the second one. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> also, um, additional things announced that at, we have a uh, a Whitney Houston biopic. It's coming. Um, no, no announcement of who's going to be playing <sighs> Whitney or who is directing it. Um, there's also an adaptation of the Broadway musical Wicked uh, that's coming from Sony. Mm. Uh, we also yeah, got, I saw that casting. Yeah. We also got the announcement that uh, officially it is finally greenlit, but they are officially greenlighting the sequel to The Batman. So that's kind of a no-brainer because it made a lot of money and it was very critically well-received. And it's a good fucking movie. Like, I sat and watched it the other day again. And, and it will probably come out before Flash does. <laughs> I just, I cannot. Shots. Fire. I mean, Maybe listen. Maybe Ezra should stop punching people in Hawaii. Uh, they're fighting the whole island. They're not. All the islands. Um, and also, we got uh, A, a title, and B, a release date. So, December tw- uh, December 16th, mark your calendars, Avatar, The Way of Water is coming out in theaters. Avatar, I'm talking the James Cameron blue cat. I know what the Avatar. fuck you're talking about that I want no fucking parts of and is stupid and I wish he would go just how about how about he just go play in water? He's how got about that? Three other sequels after that. <sighs> Why? He's trying, to, he's trying to film them all at once and I believe most of them are done. And from what people are saying, it's going to revolutionize 3D again. It's like but I didn't I didn't want it the first time. Right. Here here's the thing. 3D the 3D movie experience actually isn't that great. No. I said it. I said what I said. It's not that great. I don't need shit jumping off the screen to enjoy it. Actually, the amount of effort that they put into making like 3D visualizations happen in places where you don't need them is annoying and kind of insulting to the movie viewer. So no. fuck him. The, fuck the his the blue only aliens. Good things that come Ugh. out of these movies is that while I don't agree with his his narrative choices, James Cameron is a pioneer in visual effects. So, like, we wouldn't have, you know, convincing digital characters that we see in tons of Marvel movies without the things that he pushed for in the first Avatar. So, yes, these movies are ass, but they do revolutionize things. It's, you know, so if it's got to come out, it's got to come out. But talking? it's going, it's going. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're moving things. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm trying on. to control the fid- the fidgetiness of the rage that the Avatar movie in its in and of itself gave me, and what it's giving me to know that we're going to get four more of these fucking it's just movies. Dances with wolves in space. Right. It's too loud. Yeah. It's too loud. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, uh, we oh. got some some shifting news. Um, okay. Two directors have left projects. First off, um, John Watts, who directed the Spider-Man Homecoming trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. He is out as the director of the Fantastic Four movie at Marvel, which is 
unfortunate, but his reasons, he has no issues with the story or anything. He just, after spending the last five years making nothing but Spider-Man movies that are gigantic AAA movies, he wants to take some time for his family. So makes sense. Bummer, I got but, no problem with that. Yeah, hopefully he um he gets hopefully a hopefully John Favreau kicks who... in. Yeah, I, I would take John Favreau to, do, I to think, direct it. I, I think that he's he's got his fingers so interwoven into the entire Marvel MCU at this point. Like Not I'd Favreau. like to see a I new director Favreau, come in, but Favreau is more he's more stuck in the Star Wars lane. Which is a good place for him. He knows what he's doing. So who would you? So if you could, if you could pick the director, who would you pick? I mean, it's a long shot, but if you could get the Russo brothers back, mm. I take the Russo brothers every okay. day of the week. First off, we take the Russo brothers on every single Marvel project ever, but I don't. I think at some point they're going to be tired. They, yeah, aren't they only, doing something? They've only done three Marvel movies. Four. But I think they have. I no, think no, no, got no. I mean, but like I think right that they're working on something right now that would prohibit them from doing Fantastic Four. Possibly, but at the same time, like I don't know. I I don't know who you want. Someone who is good with a family film, but can also jump into because the Fantastic Four, if done right, are going to be very important in the MCU. And who knows? We might see some of them pop up in Doctor Strange. Everyone's popping. I, I, Reed Richards is this is a good a time to tell you guys Illuminati. I'm in Doctor Strange? Are you, are you gonna you gonna go ahead and spoil that now? I mean, why do you think yeah. I went and got my nails done? Because I am also are you also cameo. I did right. see you, but I didn't want to say anything. I saw <laughs> your trailer fine. and I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. The, They're the gonna problem, drop it tomorrow anyway. <laughs> the problem there is that when you get a director into the MCU, they have to be able to play within the MCU because Marvel is very specific about what they want, yeah, where they want these connections, and that's why some directors have left. It's why uh, Scott Derrickson and left Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and it's why Edgar Wright left Ant-Man, things like that. So you got to find somebody who can can work within the boundaries but also bring something new to it. And again, I think that's the challenge. I don't think – I think the challenge – I think the biggest challenge is the bring something new to it when you have to work within the boundaries. You know what I mean? So – Listen, as long as it happens and it's not that fuckery they gave us last time. Well, I mean, in fairness, Marvel didn't give us that. But as long as it's not that last fuckery that we got in a Fantastic Four movie, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, Moving along, though, we got another director who'd left the project. Um, Justin Lin has announced that he is leaving as director of Fast 10 or Fast X, as they're calling it now. Don't do that, ma'am. This is very serious. The family is distraught. Well, Justin Lin deserves all the credit in the world because he single-handedly revived the Fast and Furious franchise. He 100%. started He started with Tokyo Drift, which was when the franchise was basically done. Mm-hmm. And based on A, the quality of the movie, and B, getting a 10-second cameo from Vin Diesel, he then went on to direct uh, four. He directed three, redo four, five. The first one, yeah. Um, and I believe six was James Wan. But he came back and recently did um, Fast 8. Fate of the Furious, so he he is he is the Russo brothers to the fan to the fat mm. the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. So it's kind of a big deal when him <sighs> he hasn't mentioned why he's stepping down, and I'm assuming much like everything else that happens in the Fast Year, uh, Fast and Furious universe, it probably has to do with Vin Diesel. Mm. I mean, listen, I love I love Tokyo Drift. I was just listening to Fast and Furious like 
in the car yesterday. Like, I love that Fast and Furious movie. Generally speaking, y'all know how I feel about the franchise. Maybe this is just a sign that Fast 10 just doesn't need to happen. No, they feel real 10. salty yeah. after watching 10, 10 and 11 are being filmed at the same time. Right. And those are supposed to be the last two in that franchise. Um, I don't know. Just don't bring back F. Gary Gray. I thought he was a terrible choice. Um, I think he did seven. And whoever directed Hobbs and Shaw, don't let them touch it. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, you know what would be good for, not for Fast and Furious, but for Fantastic Four, who basically made a Fantastic Four movie twice already? Brad Bird. Brad Bird, uh, director of The Incredibles um, mm. and The Iron Giant. He also did Mission mm. Impossible. Um, I can't remember if it was Ghost Protocol. One he did the, one of the good ones. I Mission remember Impossible that. Four. Yeah. Yeah. He is a great director. Um, he has a great visual sense. And he knows how to make a movie like Fantastic Four because he's already done it twice. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. is good. And he works yeah, well with Disney. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, Disney does I like him. if they have him still under contract. Probably. I mean, he pretty much has a, he has like a card blanche. Like, I had read this article about him specifically and how like Disney, Disney and Pixar have been so happy with what he's like brought to the table that like he damn near has a card blanche. Like he can like walk in and be like, hey, I want to do this thing. And Disney's like, cool, here's the money. Yeah. Like how he's much, he's that big okay, into good. Disney. Yeah, they love him. So yeah. if they were to turn around and give him, yeah, Eric, I think that's a really good, a say, really he's good been, choice. He's been Disney since day one, like mm-hmm. back when he was doing regular animation and then moved on. So I think he would be a good fit. So he's got he, something coming out um, I say his called last, the Peggy Holmes. His last big thing was Tomorrowland, and that kind of bombed because people it. People complain that it got too heavy on its message of like environmental conservative uh, conservatism and things like that, and you know, hey, don't fuck up the future. Heaven and, forbid we yeah. we talk about not fucking up the planet. How dare you? Oh, you know who else would be good? Uh, Robert Rodriguez. I think Robert Rodriguez could do a good Fantastic Four movie. I mean, we all saw Shark Boy and Lava Girl. We all shit saw still slaps the, to this day. The Mandalorian and the, I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm thinking like family oriented. If they wanted to do something that like is kick ass, but also family yeah. oriented. The only problem yeah. with that is that I know Robert Rodriguez is very, very set within his ways when it comes to how he makes filming. You yeah, know, how he does which is why he fits in the Star Wars universe, but probably won't fit in the MCU. Not under, not under Daddy Kevin, because you know Daddy Kevin wants things done a very specific way, and it's yep. been rolling really good. He's, so yeah. he's not wrong for it, and we let him, we let him do how he wants. Because yeah. you know. Anyway, moving along. Now comes the fucked up part where I tell you everything that's been canceled. So if you're a TV <sighs> watcher, um, first up, this is a project that got canceled. hadn't even got off the ground, and um, it just got announced this morning. Uh, Meghan Markle had a show in the works, an animated series called Pearl that was going to be coming from Netflix, and it has been canceled due to the recent cutbacks at Netflix, so that is no longer going through. Yep. That makes me sad. I was all signed up for watching that. Yep. It's so funny because uh, Eric and I belong to a mini group online, and I don't know if Eric saw it, but one of the... uh, the guys that isn't particularly popular for lots of reasons was very like commented on somebody else saying that they canceled Meghan Markle's project. And like, 
he was like, yeah, I wish Great Britain would take them back, blah, blah, blah. And I was She's like. She's American, bro. Do, but, well, but not only that, but like, do you know what her project was? Yeah, because was like, I don't know what you think it was. I'm assuming it was gonna be a, it was like a documentary or something. I think like, that's no, what he it, thought. It was an animated show for children. Right. It was, it was a kid's show, bro. Calm down. Calm it yeah. down. And yeah, I did see that. And that's made me laugh. Um, <laughs> speaking of cancellations, uh, the CW announced they are canceling Batwoman Everything. after three seasons. They are canceling Everything. Legends of Tomorrow after seven seasons. Flash got renewed, though. Um, yeah, I was, why? I was wondering about that. So did Why Superman did they Lois. renew? <sighs> um, All right. Well. Both of those have been canceled. Uh, Netflix is also swinging the axe. They have canceled the Steve Carell comedy Space Force, which... Which was hilarious Sucks because it was a funny show. Yeah, Second it was season really was only good. Seven episodes. I literally watched it in one sitting on a Saturday afternoon. I was like, "That's it. Where where do we go from here? Nowhere, apparently." Um, <laughs> they also ca- canceled the horror series Archive eighty one. Um, I didn't watch that. Was that any good? Um, Supposedly, had, it was. I didn't yeah. get a chance to watch it. It got canceled too soon. But right, um, yeah, because apparently it also ended it, on a cliffhanger. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, um, Amazon has canceled their series, uh, their adaptation of "I Know What You Did Last Summer," which was a new series that I didn't even know. Twas happened. a stinker. That's so. what I heard. Uh, Netflix yeah. also canceled "Raising Dion" after two seasons, which I heard was really good. I never watched it, the but I know people raved I about it. They needed a second. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I didn't get a chance to check out the second one yet, so I guess I'm probably at fault. Did they cancel Sweet Tooth yet? Nope, that is also Ugh. already been picked up and renewed. They did Ugh. cancel the uh, Babysitters Club after season two. Yeah, and we're gonna fucking riot about that shit because it oh, was shit. delicious. How fucking dare you? My mom was like, "So I told this little girl, like this little girl was talking about something, and I was like, what are you guys talking about?' They're like, the Babysitters Club. It's on Netflix, and she was like, "Oh, my daughter watched the whole series. We're like, she did. Your daughter? How old's your daughter? Like, you know." 14 and she's like no my daughter's like 37 <laughs> she's like 37 and we're like yeah she loved it it was adorable how fucking dare you they did um and also um tbs has canceled the last og after four seasons which okay it's kind of a bummer because the fourth the, the ending of the fourth season will basically now act as the series finale and it was a pretty good. I mean, I don't think it needed a bunch of seasons anyway. No, it I would was been fine with just two. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's how I felt. Like I watched the full first season. I watched most of the second season, and then you know life. So I stopped watching. But I'm like, this is about as much Tracy Morgan every week that I need. Um, this is good. We we don't need a lot more. So I'm not too bummed about that one. Yeah. Um, and I believe that is all the uh, shitty news unless um, – hang on. Let me check my notes here because I made notes. All I know is Netflix is canceling a bunch of shit, but now they're also trying to add commercials. And I want to understand what the fuck that's about because you already jacked up the price. And quite honestly, I feel like HBO Max is kind of kicking your ass right now. So what's good, Netflix? What are y'all doing? And well, you keep to, you keep canceling things that I love. So what yeah, what the fuck are you doing? They're not getting anything a chance to grow. Their plans no. to add commercials is more so like if they want to offer a budget option. Like remember Netflix used to be eight dollars a month. So if mm-hmm. they go back and do another eight dollar a month plan, that one might have commercials like in between episodes. The reason that I came to you is because I don't want commercials. Yeah, it's the right. same reason I pay extra on Hulu because I don't want commercials. 
Exactly. So don't start that shit, Hulu. And, even, and even though you're then, putting movies in, you're putting commercials in movies. Fuck yeah. you. Well, Hulu also, like, they can still put commercials in certain things. Like, if it's not part of a streaming plan, like certain oh. ABC shows. Oh, everyone, yeah. Commercials. Everyone that watches Grey's Anatomy and Station 19, we know. Yeah, you get a commercial at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's just, there's way too many, way, 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 way too many um, things being canceled, in my opinion, for Netflix to be talking about shit that they want to do. Well, also, just um, it, it got delayed, but they, they're they filming part one and two back to back, but um, the new Mission Impossible movie got an official title. It's called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Um, and apparently Haley Atwell is in it, so good for her. Yeah, that's that's where she met her new boo, Tom Cruise. I hope that's Ugh. not her new boo. She can do so much better. He shouldn't be anybody's boo. He's kind of gross. That is her new boo. Allegedly. God, I hope not. So, I'm just, just putting it out there. Ugh. All right. Well, oh, Eric, you. is do you got anything else? Um, oh, yeah. Um, apparently, we are getting a sequel to that 70s show coming to Netflix, but it is called that no. 90s show. No. And apparently, the majority of the cast has signed on for the exception of, um, uh, what's the name, who played Hyde, who I believe is going to jail. That's the only one that didn't sign on. Okay, because I didn't even I like I saw it pop up and I didn't even bother to open it because I was like, I loved that 70s show and I feel like it had a place and it did what it needed to do in that place. And I don't think I need. Yep. Topher Grace, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Laura Prepon and Wilbur Wilmer Wilmer Wilder Valderrama uh, will also appear alongside Kurt Wood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp, who played Red and. um and Kitty on and their parents on that seventy show, but it could I, it could be really funny or terrible. I feel well, like there's Maria, not going to be an. I don't in-between. know if you guys remember that '80s show. That Maria. was a real. Show I did show. not watch. Do that. you know? You just heard Eric tell us how many things Netflix decided to fucking chop, but mm. they are spending money on this. Oh yeah, it's not going to be cheap. And you okay with it? I mean, I'm not because I, I, you know what it is. They're using nostalgia and name power to to do something that they think is going to be great. And quite honestly, you'd think by now that Netflix would have figured out that the biggest success that they've had is when they've brought things that were completely new and fresh and nobody knew to the table, not recycling old shit. So, no, I don't think it's a good idea. That said, though, with the fact that they're bringing back almost the entire cast there's a potential for it to be funny or it's going to be trash. I just don't think there's going to be an in-between. There's, Either there's not an in-between. I don't know if you remember right? Fuller House. Oh, yeah, that was... Oof. Yeah, oof. Netflix is banking big on nostalgia. It's mm-hmm. the reason why shows like Young Young Sheldon are, are being brought back for a sixth and seventh season. I don't know who the fuck watches Young Sheldon, but you should do better with your life. You should want um, better for yourself. Your other co co star on Cup and Saucer's grandparents. That's who's watching it. Apparently, a really? lot of grandparents watch it. Like it's one of those shows, like Jag, 
where older people <laughs> love it. They can just put it on and they don't have to they don't have to worry about being mm-hmm. inundated with politics or anything, you know, that's important. They can just put on a, a mindless show. Like, look, the little boy talks funny and he's rude to everyone. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, there's nothing funny about a rude fucking kid. Nope, but he's smart. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole that whole stereotype about smart people being assholes. No, and you know what you do? You call him out on it. Nope. Not that generation. Ugh, all right. You don't have a good story to like wrap this up before we get into our book club? Like something to cleanse the palate after all of that shit? Those were pretty turdy. I told you the, the, the bad things would be at the end. No! Okay, so moving forward, don't, no, he he didn't tell us that until he was already, like, well into, here's all the good news, and here's the bad news. Oh, guys, by the way, bad news is going to wrap this up. That's not how you well, do this, Eric. Here, I'll give you, I'll give you one more. And guess what? It's not good. Um, uh, about a week ago, Bill Murray. It defeats the purpose. They, okay. they paused production of the new movie, Being Mortal, which is directed by Aziz Ansari. Um, people assumed they were pausing it because it might have had to do with Aziz Ansari, who previously had some issues um, that are more of a you know, like you you decide what side you fall on. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has kind of made a, a small resurgence. He's doing things behind the scenes. He'd had his, a, another little comedy show. He's directing now. Um, no, apparently it is because Bill Murray um, has been what they call he calls it a difference of opinion. But apparently he was being rude and being an asshole to uh, someone on set. And they shut down production to investigate what the fuck happened. Who's shocked? I'm not. Because it's not yeah. the first time I've heard Bill Murray being an asshole to somebody. And I take it from that generation. Because Chevy Chase apparently is the biggest asshole. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's a generational thing in my opinion. Because every time these stories come out of like super diva slash asshole behavior... It tends to be with folks from that generation. Like it's just let's call it what it is, boomers. Nope, but you boomers. but you ask anyone else on the internet, and their their whole thing is they're trying to cancel Bill Murray now. Like maybe Bill Murray shouldn't be a dick to people. Also, the idea of canceling anybody—it's like you no can't cancel. actually cancel anyone. Yeah. I. Ugh. No one's canceled. Just like Eric. you said, Aziz Ansari had that situation, and now he's producing and directing behind the scenes and writing Right, things. and still no making fucking right. money. No one gets canceled. He's just quietly behind the scenes. No one's canceled. Nope. I mean, or, it, you know, if you want to get more specific, men aren't canceled. Because, you know, when oh, Rose yeah, McGowan, yeah. Yeah, when Rose yeah. McGowan came out, she was a fucking psycho. And we, yeah. you know, this, that, and the third. And now look what happened. You know, go one step further. When the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing started, you know, even on this podcast, we were quick to be like, oh, man, like Johnny Depp, that's fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And now as more comes out, mm, well, maybe I, I mean, Amber no, Heard should be canceled just as well. Definitely not I believe we both that said that they're, they're both, both dirty and gross. <laughs> yeah. No, also- we, we did, but we were still... Even though we were like, well, they're both kind of gross, I still feel like collectively, whether we said it or we were just thinking it, we always have this preconceived notion that when you hear these things, certain genders should be more guilty or less guilty, etc. And even in him getting canceled, he hasn't really gotten canceled. He got yeah. removed from he's, one fucking movie. He's not going to get canceled because of contracts and just people's n- fucking nostalgia. Also, social media, please stop 
showing me anything about that trial. I don't oh my care. God. It's so and I don't over know it. where you think the ratio is that I'm supporting him. I don't support either I, one of them. I can't stand <laughs> the, the internet's new uh, love obsession with Johnny Depp. Like, oh, look. The, the, look how sad Johnny Depp is. Right. Look, he's well, winning. Well, he shouldn't have done anything. Well, here's the thing, just really quickly on this, and then we can move on. Here's the thing that gets me. Quit two garbage. Johnny Depp's ass. Two garbage people are going through a divorce. It's gotten incredibly messy. People are slinging all types of mud. And that's kind of their problem. Like, look, if if it's true that she legit was punching him and stuff, yeah, there's an argument to be made that people don't take men's claims of domestic violence seriously. That's true. People don't, you know? And a high-profile star got punched in the face by his wife. Yeah, that's technically domestic abuse. But at the end of the day, neither one of them are saints. They're both garbage people. And neither one of them are going to probably get canceled. Because now you got petitions running around about how 2 million people want Amber Heard off of fucking um, Aquaman. And it's really interesting because when all the shit came out originally, the studio decided to ask Johnny to part ways, but there weren't petitions running around, right? And so yeah. back to my original well, point. Not even that. He's still, because of his pay or play contract, right, he still, he still got, got paid. $16 million. Oh, yeah. He still got paid even to though he didn't get to do the part. Work. Right. But but I, I think my point is that like nobody was running around calling for his head in the way that now the woman who is garbage and her head should be called for Everybody's like, oh, burn Amber Heard. She shouldn't be an Aquaman, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe garbage people should just all be acknowledged as being garbage people. And that's why the guys never really get canceled. And honestly, in this case, I don't know if she is going to get canceled. Because like I said, the only person that I felt was truly, truly canceled and it's horrible was Rose McGowan. She'll get labeled as difficult and have a hard time finding work. Yeah. Ugh, I don't think she's anyway, a good actress anyway. I got a, but, I got a couple more that well, are a little not, bit better. she's not, but news. I mean, if... I've seen it, her in good things, but if if she is not very nice to people, then... I don't know that it's Aquaman. No. She is, <laughs> you could replace her in Aquaman, and I would barely notice. I don't know that Aquaman needs to have another another Aquaman, but that's that's neither don't, here nor there. Stop, stop. We're gonna listen. Look, DC's no, listen, trying to signing, come back. <laughs> I'm not signing any petitions so that if somebody will lose their fucking job, like yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm not watching it. But that that's not because it, she's a garbage person. That's because I don't think that Aquaman needs a needs a movie. We always need we always need more Aqua Bro in our lives, okay? And you need to get I, on the Aqua Bro. I didn't uh, want him to be Aqua Bro bus. I wanted him to be Craven the Hunter, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> like I wanted him in another movie. <laughs> I didn't want him in Aquaman. In a no whole, one listens to me. Look, in a whole different universe. <laughs> right. Nobody listens to me, so <laughs> whatever. Anyway, I got a couple of more. Uh, what the fuck? More. You These are. are... Are they good stories? Because you some keep of them are saying good. some of them are bad. Depends on on your your state. Um, listen to me. Listen to me. That last one better be a good fucking one. We're ending on a good one. I'll, I'll save you a good one for the end. Okay. Uh, thank you. We got the news that Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and the Marvels. Um, while one was, they're swapping dates. So Ant Man was supposed to come out in July 2023, and Captain Marvel or the Marvels was supposed to come out in February. Now Ant Man will come out in February, and the Marvels will come out in July. 
What the fuck are they doing at Disney? And what the fuck is Doctor Strange getting ready to do? That's what I want. I don't know. (laughs) But we do know that, A, they recast uh, Cassie Lang. So it's another new actor playing her this time, which is like the fourth time. Um, Jonathan Majors. She looks nothing like she looks nothing like the little girl or the second one. It's a complete she they sexed her up. If you get my drift. I don't like that. No, um, everyone is coming back though, and Jonathan Majors has been filming as uh, Kang the Conqueror, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and I think they might be pushing the Marvels because it, it's getting they're expecting Miss Marvel to do very well, and they mm-hmm. want to just build up some more hype and give it a July uh, a July uh, release. But we also have that um, Zawe Ashton has joined the cast as one of the villains. And so has uh, Korean star Park Siu Joon. Why? I know Park Siu Joon. Why does Zawe Aston sound familiar? Um, depends on what you've seen. She was on Fresh Meat on the BBC. She is, um, <gasps> I forget who, Manira might know her. She's dating somebody famous, I think. She's not dating anyone. They're engaged. Uh, She's engaged to Loki. Yes, Tom Hiddleston's uh, yes. fiance. I wonder if this is how they met. That's why Maybe. I knew. No, her. they met it. They did a play together. That's what it was. They yeah. did a play together. And she's a really good actress. I, I watched uh, Fresh yeah. Meat on BBC, which is a comedy. So she, I know she can do comedy, and I've seen her in some of dramatic. She's stuff very sarcastic. Movie. It's yeah. very good. Um, moving along, and she's gorgeous. Um, she is beautiful. The movie that nobody asked for. Well, I got two movies that nobody asked for. One, Expendables Four, which now is Expendable, but the A in Expendables is a four. Um, they have released some of their new cast, which includes 50 Cent, Megan Fox, and Iko Uwais, and Tony Jaa, and Andy Garcia. Who who was this news for? Um, people for, who, for his dad. Who, this yeah, is apparently. this was for this was for our dad who Old loves man. the Expendable movies. Expendables. He thinks they're the greatest thing ever. So Eric, you can uh, take him to see that one. All right. Uh, Moving right along. The other movie that no one asked for, um, based on a novel that I think just came out. Um, apparently, we have the Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, is coming out. Um, yeah, it, it's coming. <laughs> My son and I had a whole conversation about this because The Hunger Games was one of the first series of like books that because he does not like to read that I could get him to read. We thoroughly enjoyed the books. The movies were okay, but the books were really good. Here is the problem. This is not the Lord of the Rings world. This is not the Game of Thrones or a Song of Fire and Ice world where these writers have created so much history within their worlds that you can do prequels and this, that, and a third. There is nothing there. There is nothing fucking there. So why yeah. are you doing a prequel? The book. What are you going to do it on? The book came out in 2020, in May of 2020. Um, and the book and the movie will focus on an 18-year-old, uh, Corellius Snow, who was previously paid in the movies by Donald, um, not Donald Glover, Donald Sutherland. 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 Yeah. So no. that's what this is. Wait, so there, so there is an actual book? Because yeah. I, I just heard that they were doing a movie. No, the book came out May 19th, 2020. And I'm assuming everyone forgot about it because we were in the midst of like heavy pandemic at that point. All right. Well, thanks for telling me that. I guess that'll be on my book club list today because, yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, what the fuck are they doing a, a prequel on? A, uh, yeah. A, uh, and it's going to be a series, right? It's going to be three movies, right? 
or is it just the one I just movie? Know the one, yeah, because it's it's only one book. So <sighs> whatever they'll stretch. All right, where's that? Where's that good news that you were promising us? Uh, we got the first photo and the confirmation that Margot Robbie will be playing Barbie, a live action Barbie. And there's a live action Barbie movie That's coming good out. Good news. That was cute. But it's coming they out won't July be... 2023. They won't be but... using Aqua's I'm a Barbie. Yeah, girl, apparently so... they, they have some issue with uh, with the song and they like some type of weird lawsuit about using the song. So they cannot use the song Barbie Girl in the movie. She looks adorable as Barbie. She though. does look adorable as Barbie. Okay. <laughs> Let's just talk about Margot Robbie for a second. When the fuck doesn't she look adorable? Like <laughs> she looks she's Anytime you need a little blonde woman, a little a pretty little blonde woman, like Margot Robbie's almost always perfect for the role because she yeah. is amazingly and, and gorgeous. And if she, something happens and you just swap her out with Samara Weaving, who looks exactly like her. Oh, spoiler alert. Okay, <laughs> yes! so Margot Robbie is in another movie or play or something, and she has dark chestnut brown hair. She looks just like her. I thought it was her, and they were like, yeah. no, that's Margot Robbie. It wasn't until I watched the credits for the movie um, – ready or not that i thought that i thought the whole time i was Mar- i thought it was margot, margot robbie, robbie and i was yeah. like oh no that that's samara weaving that's hugo weaving's niece whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. that wasn't her in ready is, or not no, no it's not <laughs> there's another one there's another one there's a girl on um, sex education and yeah Netflix there's a third girl that who looks, looks like, like she them. could play their sister listen this these are the things that you need to be doing white bitches if, that look like they could and play if you sisters, needed an american version you have uh what's her name um Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, Kennedy. or yeah. Jamie King. Jamie King could Jamie play King. like the older sister because yes. they mm-hmm. all look identical. Throw them together. Why yeah. aren't people? Why aren't more people doing this when they do like sisters? They never put like the ones that look that we all know look the same. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, that's the last of my news. So <laughs> that was good news. I told you Every I time I see like her, Barbie. she's in the car and she's like, "Wee!" and I'm like, "Aw." She really looks like a fucking Barbie, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, you know, as I said at the beginning, today we're going to be discussing books that we've either read over the past couple of months, books that we have lined up, and books that we're excited for their release, because right now the internet is trash, and we want to stay offline as much as possible so that things don't get ruined for us. So with that, let's jump right in. Um, I'm going to let one of you two go first because the books I have finished lately are incredibly dull and not fun books to read. So, Manira, I'm going to start with you. What have you finished lately? I have uh, literally just one book um, mm-hmm. because TV has taken over my life. Like, y'all y'all seen Moon Knight? Y'all seen Moon Knight? <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, get familiar. <laughs> get familiar. Um, and any other movie and show that we've covered, um, I have watched that and, you know, dissected that. So I didn't have time. Um, but I did finish uh, Lynette Rice, How to Save a Life, uh, the okay. inside scoop of Grey's Anatomy. That's right, guys. Um, Maria has familiar. rolled her eyes. And uh... I don't care. Um, so... <laughs> I, as many Grey's Anatomy fans, um, it's been on for so long. We know that there's drama with any show that's been on for a very long time. Waiting for that ER. Uh, uh, speaking of which, and this is completely off topic. Sure. Maybe you guys know this. Love it. Have you heard this rumor that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Leia Romani or from Glee can't read? Le- Le- Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you heard this rumor that she is illiterate? 
No. No, but I, I know I, that she's an A-class bitch. That is the other thing that comes out <laughs> yes. of that. I was literally listening to a podcast yesterday. They were talking yeah. about how this rumor got started and at how everything that she's been on, everyone has talked about how much of a nightmare she is. Jeez. And I was, I'd never watched Glee. I think I've watched maybe two episodes. And I was like, this isn't for me. If it's your jam, then jam on. But like, yeah. And I also, I get a really bad vibe from her. And apparently everyone was like, yeah, mm-hmm. she is just like her character on Glee. And she's mm-hmm. a fucking nightmare. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I had a fun oh, time that's not that good. And kind of diving into that, uh, that, that gossip. And then it just I made me laugh that. when they were like, yeah, we never see her reading scripts and we never like, she always comes to set and she knows exactly her lines and we never see her use her cell phone. And they were just like, yeah, we think she might not be able to read. What podcast is this? I love this I'll slander. I'll send it to you. This Please is messy do. as fuck. Manira does not need another messy ass podcast to listen to. I Are you don't, serious? but I'm adding it to my queue no, it's as a, soon as he drops it. That, where they basically go through like new trending things on like TikTok and Instagram. And a lot of the times it's celebrity gossip, but like yeah. it's usually fun gossip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's also, speaking funny. of fun gossip, because we're already off track, um, as we were talking about Margot Robbie, no one was going to tell me that Ryan Gosling got cast to play Ken. No one was going to mention that. Sorry. All right, fuck y'all. I didn't, I I'm didn't very excited about this. Sorry. Hell yeah! Oh my gosh, I love Ryan Gosling, and he's he looks be... like Ken. And he yeah, looks he like does. Ken. I'm, now, okay, where I was only like, "Huh, that looks cute." Now I'm like super excited. I feel to like, see like this no, Barbie girl, we were going. Life, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were always going to go, but like now I may like actually like go get a Barbie T-shirt and like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, Target, they've got like brown Barbie girl T-shirts. <laughs> Uh-huh. Plus him and him and his hot wife Eva Mendes are they still allegedly well, allegedly, allegedly, well allegedly. his hot wife with man hands though because Eva Mendes has some fucking man hands she's drop dead gorgeous and she's an amazing person but she does have man hands and we're not gonna sit here and act like we don't all know that okay that's no not what's that we're not about know she had man I didn't hands know or care about that <laughs> are you serious you didn't know. No. Literally, go Google search Eva Mendez hands, and you will Not see good, all ma'am. the conversations. Ma'am, we that are people on a had. podcast. I cannot just Google Eva Mendez man hands. Like I'm not doing that. That's like up there with Googling Sammy Sosa hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. No, I'm I mean, not doing you anyway, know. Con- continue. Right, get it back to my fucking book. I figured, book. yeah, you would know about the the the, the behind the scene dramas of people who are right, and illiterate. so um. <laughs> In the book, I I love Grey's Anatomy, as everyone knows. Um, and I, as soon as this book came out, I went and I grabbed it. Um, I wanted it to give me the actual tea on a lot of the scandals and a lot of the drama that we know happened backstage, behind the scenes, why people left, things of that nature. Um, I will say that it is recounts from a lot of different sources and they actually like take snippets of what people say um and that's not really what i was looking for i was looking for this is why he left and Mm. it was a mess and all of that good stuff so messiness right yeah no they cleaned it up really well however there are some messes that and I've been watching Grey's from beginning to end, like start to finish. So I know when some of the messes happen and what was going on. They've cleaned up a lot of, well, that's not actually what happened. And this is really what happened. And I'm like, no, when she said that you guys weren't like 
oh, well, no, we totally love. No, you guys were like, we don't know why she's saying that. We have great time together. Even now, Ellen Pompeo is coming out saying, you know, when Catherine Heigl said that we were working um, 80 days and um, hours all the time, she was so ballsy about saying that you, everybody else, when she said that, you guys were like, no, we have the greatest time. And on your Instagrams, it was nothing but we're a family and we love being here all these times. So take it with a grain of salt. It was a very good read, um, but it wasn't as messy as I wanted it to be. Well, I mean, because that's what you want, like, kids took the flower and decided to give the the dog a fucking dye job messy. Like, you want yeah, shit yeah, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, and some 100%. People, some people might just want, uh, oops, I spilled a little bit of water on the counter messy. Oh, so I'm not see those the difference people. There? Who are those people? Who are those people? <laughs> not you, bitch. Right. You are not those she people. She wants, oh my God, those counters are ruined. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what I want. So it's a good read. Like I said, like, it's good. They get um, people from like way back in the day giving their like excerpts and stuff like that. So that's fun. You like read. Oh, I remember that nurse or I remember that doctor. or I remember that actor that played that. So um, has it made me go back and actually watch some of the old episodes where they were? It has. Um, so that's good. But other than that, I mean, it's like I said, it's not as like shit on the counter messy. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. But it was a good read. Don't poop on counters. And Courtney, it's coming to you soon. So yeah, don't don't poop on counters. Pooping on counters is bad. Allegedly. Just, just putting that out there. Allegedly, All right. Allegedly. Well, Eric, what about you? What have you read lately? Um, I got a bunch actually. Um, I read a lot, and on my commute, I tend to listen to audiobooks as well if I can find them. But. Um, Wait, quick question. Do you like audiobooks more than you like actually reading? It depends on the book. Like if it's a big narrative book and there's like a cast production where it's more mm. than just one person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I tend to, to go for those more than just like standard old man reading a book. Unless it's a good, like if it's somebody like Stephen Fry narrating, I'll get the Stephen yeah. Fry narration. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little. You got uh, a frog in your throat? I love that for you. Nope, he's coughing. It's COVID. Please don't say that. <laughs> no, but I mean, but you know, people still give you that uh-huh. stir, right? Like, like literally, you cannot be anywhere right now and like, like visibly be like, oh, I swallowed the wrong way or whatever. You mm-hmm. cough and people are looking at you like they got, they got the COVID. They got Listen, the COVID, y'all. I do one of the because <clears throat> I and then try looking for like my water or something because I don't want people to but look see, at me like. Mm. But here's the problem: like you, you in trying to stop it from happening, yeah, no, I know, I'm, you make I it know worse. I'm making it worse. I know I'm making it worse. That happened to me in the beauty. That happened to me in the nail salon a couple weeks back, and I was like in my mind freaking out, like y'all, I don't have COVID. I promise uh-huh. you, I just swallowed the wrong way, <laughs> right. and now I'm trying to stop from doing it, and it's, and I'm making it worse. Like just give you me saw a second. Me take a swig of my wine. You know what it is. It went down right. the wrong pipe. <laughs> No, nope. yell back COVID. at him. You're not even wearing a fucking mask. You got COVID. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying, um, I have several. Um, okay. I recently read um, Ready Player Two, which is the sequel to Ready Player One. I did not enjoy it. Ooh, okay. um, it is too much of a good thing. Mm. They they make some narrative choices. Uh, basically, by the end of the book, they cure death. Um, wait, what? <clears throat> like for all? Yes, basically they they. It, 
whereas in the first no. game you wear a VR headset and whatever. In the second mo- in the second book, there's um, a secret thing that the the owner of the company made that basically is immersive VR, like a chip in your brain type thing. And everyone uses that, and it becomes basically like the the anime sword art online where everyone gets locked in because an an angry AI like cuts everyone off. Um, and by the end, they basically figure out that oh, every the you know when you put it on for the first time, it makes a scan of your brain, and you can make a digital version of yourself that is identical to you. It's essentially the end of Moonfall. If I, I think I'm the only person who saw Moonfall, but yeah, you can live forever in the virtual space. Well, based on the latest story I saw about some chick logging into the metaverse and instantly being like gang raped online, like in the metaverse, I'm good with that. I don't I don't think that that's what I want in my life. Just no, mm. I did enjoy that story, though, because one, she was completely like overreacting. But two, um, the executives for the metaverse ended up slut shaming her and was like, well, you didn't turn on the feature that would stop that from happening. So it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's what happened, Manira. Like, look at it, Manira's face right now. No, 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 all jokes aside, that's exactly what yeah, happened. They were like, oh, they well, literally blamed her for not cutting on her securities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I did not enjoy it. Not to mention the book, the second book came out after the Ready Player One movie came out, mm-hmm. and they tried to do some of the things from the movie where they make the main character less of a shitbird. Um, and they also, because it came out so many years ago, now they're trying to fit in references to things that have come out since the first book mm-hmm. and the first movie came out and it doesn't work like they even reference that the situation is like sword art online like no it doesn't work <laughs> no uh, this shouldn't have you should, it didn't need a sequel a- unless you were Ugh. to make a, a sequel and basically make it end like the movie ended where like the the oasis goes offline for a day yeah. and people are happy mm-hmm. and talk to people no um he tries to save the world and it doesn't work out so Ugh, all right. Um, writer note, I also watched um oh by the way, that is by Ernest Klein, if you want to read Ready Player Two. He also has the other book, Armada, which I haven't read, which I've heard is not very good. Um I I read Ask Iwata, which is um it's kind of a not a self help book, but it's a, a guide to kind of living your life like uh Satoru Iwata. He was um Nintendo's CEO for a number of years and apparently he's the one that got them through the period where they went from being a, a playing card company to like an official like from the the Famicom and the MES all the way through the early 2000s and he tragically passed a few years ago but apparently his managerial style and just his lifestyle were very kind of zen and it, it's a book that basically describes how he lived his life you know, how he managed work life and how he was very good to his employees and just, you know, trying to be a decent person while also running a multi-billion dollar company. So it's a, it's a good read if you're a manager or someone who wants to, you know, kind of figure out how to, to be a little bit better. Yeah, I was to say, I definitely office. think I want to pick that one up. Yeah, I'll let you borrow it. I have it on my bookshelf. Cool. Cool. Um, moving along, um, I finally picked up and read Paddle Your Own Canoe. Um, one man's fundamentals for delicious living. And it is basically, it's partly a biography of uh, Nick Offerman and partly like a guide to kind of trying to live a better life Mm -hmm. without changing too much. Um, I love Nick Offerman as a person and, you know, more than just his character of Ron Swanson, who he's said like he is the furthest from, for the the exception of like them both being professional woodworkers. Mm -hmm. He is not like Ron Swanson. He is very chill, but, um, 
the book is more so like he's one of the people that I would say when people are like, well, give us an example of not toxic masculinity. Him. Nick Offerman yeah. is someone who is who is not you know a toxic masculine male. Like he's a very masculine male, but like he loves his wife. He thinks mm -hmm. community is important. He likes to to have hobbies. So it's a very good book. It's a, it's a lot about his background and growing up in um, in Illinois and just doing things for himself and and how he got into acting and how he met his wife. Where's that? Where's is that on the bookshelf? Yes. Yeah, it's on my bookshelf. Okay. I like um, that one. Yeah, it's really good. I think he has a second book out. I haven't read that one yet, but this one was, this one's a fun read. Starts a little slow, but like when he starts going into like his own principles and things that like, mm -hmm. you know, why you should do things, why you shouldn't do things. It, it's very enjoyable. I enjoy him and I enjoy um Megan his and Megan's um yeah. marriage and relationship is nice. Yeah, they're they're a very good example of like a non-toxic relationship and they both yeah. seem to be very into each other still. And they're always on each other's shows. Like he is, he's on the Great North, which is a great cartoon. But she does one of the voices on there as well. Yeah, they have a good working relationship as well. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, next up, um, and again, that's by Nick Offerman. Um, the impact of Akira, a manga revolution, and as by Randy Lopez. Um, it's a book. I thought when I first picked it up, um, I found it at Third Eye Comics, and I was like, "Oh, I love Akira!" And I picked it up. And I thought I was expecting it to be like, um, like a art book. Or like a, a table. Book it's about it's more of a history book, right? Yeah, it is literally a history book and about the impact of how Akira kind of set off the anime revolution in America, and how because yeah. a lot you ask a lot of people, Akira is their first, especially someone like my age, when anime wasn't like you couldn't just turn on Crunchyroll or whatever. You had right. to find that shit. It was literally the first and find like a tape dub of Akira or you know some old like shit the if you're books. Lucky. Yeah. Those are literally the first mangas I ever read in the seventh grade. I will never forget. There's a kid in my class named Pradeep. And he was like, Maria, you should totally check out this, this comic that I got. It's called Akira. And I was like, first off, nerd, don't talk to me about nerd stuff in front of other people. Like you wait until we're Kitty alone nerd, to bring right? up nerd stuff because I'm trying to not seem like a nerd. So you're, you're blowing my cover here, bro. But also tell me about these books and where can I find them? And he loaned me the first one and I obsessed over it. And I came home and, you know, one thing about our dad, we're always bitching about him, but one thing that he did always encourage was a lot of reading. So when I came home and I was like losing my shit about this book, like he immediately went out and bought me like the entire series. I ate that shit up in like two days. Like it was, <laughs> and then when the movie came out, oh my God, like, yeah, so- Eric, I will definitely need to borrow that one as well. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It is about like the the creation of of the original manga and how they got transitioned into into an anime. And you know, back then you didn't have anime of like you had anime because anime is you know they've been making it since the '60s. But like this Akira is one of like it's still referenced nowadays as like a style guide. People mm -hmm. don't make anime the same way they did back then, and like. It's ridiculous how much attention to detail went into it. So, um, yeah, that is that's the uh, the impact of Akira Manga Revolution um, by Remy Lopez, and it's really really good if you're into the history of things. And I've I found myself getting into the history of like shows and toys. Like, if you want a good YouTube channel, check out Toy Galaxy. They do these breakdowns of like toys from the '80s. Like, you can have a whole a thing about you know. Battlestar Galactica and they'll go through like the series or they'll go through like the merchandise and they usually cut in like a, a commercial for that thing 
Um, I've watched one recently about uh, VR Troopers from the 90s, which was another one of the shows that came out right after like Power Rangers hit big and they, mm-hmm. everyone was trying to get into the Super Sentai teams and make their own Power Ranger style show. Um, yep. So those are really, really good, um, really good watches. Um, and lastly, I have uh, These Fist Break Bricks, How Kung Fu Movies Swept America and Changed the World uh, by Grady Hendrix. And that one is another one where it's about this one is more historically based where it is about the history of Kung Fu movies and basically in Hong Kong cinema and Taiwan and not so much um, Japanese films. You get into it a little bit at the end, but it is about like the Shaw brothers and things like Golden Heart of Cinema. And like when I mentioned, um, I forget forget his name now because it doesn't come to me, but the the one-armed boxer who died a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago um, and how he basically put the Shaw brothers on his back for a couple of years. Um, Yeah, it's about the the creation of all these films all the way through from like the late 60s through the early 90s when Kung Fu movies kind of fell off, unfortunately. Um, But it gives you a bit about the history of Bruce Lee and his background and like how Enter the Dragon was his last movie and he died before it came out, but like mm-hmm. up until that point, he was working so hard behind the scenes to like he was training people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and a mm-hmm. lot of other famous people. You know, you find out about a lot of like feuds between actors and feuds between production companies. Um, you find out about the, the the amazing Canon films. If you don't know Canon films, they they made movies like Death Wish Five, uh, Masters of the Universe. That, like they went for a period in the 80s and early 90s where like they would throw money at things and some of them hit some of them did not they also produced uh Breakin and Breakin 2 mm-hmm. and the the history behind them there's a documentary about Canon Group and it's wild I need you to say I need you to say Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo there we go yeah, yeah about to say I was waiting for it like I don't know the movie he's talking about because clearly he left part of that title off well they also go into the fact that when these kung fu movies came out in the early 80s in like places like new york they were selling out more than because at that time new york wasn't what we see now like we all recently went to new york and it's very nice and fancy but like back then you go to Times oh, Square, was, there yeah, were porno theaters but like yeah. kung fu movies were bringing so many people that porno theaters were blocking out spots for just kung fu and they would only show porno at night as opposed to all day because they were making so much money on really cheap investments into movies that got dubbed like one guy would go overseas to china and buy like 15 movies and bring them back and sell the distribution rights to people for next to nothing and they would bring in huge amounts of money so it's really good if you're into the history of kung fu cinema and um like the the actors who kind of made it is that that's on the bookshelf too yes it's a really good book and wait that's on your coffee table isn't it um, it might have been. I read it a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, that one's really good and very interesting. And it's got a lot of pictures of, you know, classic stuff. I learned a lot more about Bruce Lee and about like Chuck Norris. Apparently, Chuck Norris in the late 80s, early 90s was fucking on fire. He could do no wrong. His movies were making bank, mostly because white America wanted a white action star. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah. White America and my grandmother who loved Texas. 
Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Walker. Yeah. Listen, and that's, Walker that's why no I wrong. know just everything I know about Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really funny when you when you read the stories and they're talking about why movies the the shitty movies that Chuck Norris would put out did so well, but movies like Black Belt Jones and and things with like Jim Kelly did not do so well. And a lot of it just breaks down to racism. Yeah, it's just and, it's just a racism. It's real. Well, it's real some simple. some of it is also uh, some people who who think they're worth more than they actually are. There, like I said, there's Ugh. a lot of there's a lot of messiness there. If you want the messy about about kung fu movies, you know I do. Read Apparently, Manira needs to pick that book up before <laughs> I do because you know she wants to she wants to just gobble all that messiness up. I yeah, need it. It's, it's I full love of it. messiness and it's a really good read. And that's okay. by uh, Grady Hendrix. All right. Well, I don't I don't feel so bad then. I've only finished two books recently um, and both of them are kind of in that same realm of like self-help improvement. Um, The first one, which actually I really, really enjoyed it. So it's a short read. Like I don't even think it's 250 pages, uh, but it's called Cool, Calm and Respected, uh, Eight Leadership Concepts for Work and Home by Diane Chang. And Diane Chang is a South African Chinese woman who migrated to the States, uh, has had like all types of like high level roles, decided to kind of get out of the normal work world and get into leadership coaching. But her and her husband had like a super focused idea on how they wanted to raise their kids. And what she realized really early on was that a lot of the principles that she was applying in in the work world actually were also super conducive to her home life and having that balance, um, working within the home, both generationally up and down. So better ways to deal with her kids, better ways to deal with like her her family community and her circle. Um, And it was just, it's a really, really good book. There are, like she breaks, like I said, she breaks down like these eight concepts and gives real world examples. And it's a lot of like common sense things that you don't, really think about and it's also really interesting because like she talks a little bit about like the whole tiger mom attitude and and like mm-hmm. how how people have kind of bastardized it and and not understanding exactly what that is but also saying like there are times where a mom should be a tiger mom right in certain situations mm-hmm. but that's not that shouldn't be your your full on philosophy in parenting and like in the workforce like there are times like she has this whole view of like helicopters and humvees right like if you're if you're on the battlefield and you know there's a a perspective that you see when you're up top in the helicopter because you can see like the whole thing, but there's a level of detail that you will always see if you're on the ground in the Humvee. And just as a leader, being able to understand that sometimes you need to be in the helicopter, but sometimes you also need to be in the Humvee. And you know what? Sometimes you need to bring people that are normally in the Humvee up to the helicopter and let them ride so that they can see that view. So just a lot of really interesting concepts um, and broken down super digestible. Like I said, it's an easy read because it's a short read, but it's the type of stuff that like it will stick with you. So really, really enjoyed that one. Um, And then the second one that I'm literally just finished like two days ago is Atomic Habits. And Atomic Habits, um, it's by uh, this author named James Clear. This is actually like a really, really popular, like self-help, make yourself better book. And I don't, a lot of times I don't tend to like these types of books, but this one kind of really like stuck to me and stuck out because it's it's the general idea that if you just try to be 1% better today than you were yesterday, 
incrementally over time, like you will definitely make the improvements and make the shifts that you want. And like his story is like, he had a horrific fucking baseball accident. Like his, I think it, it, it was either the end of his junior year or beginning of his senior year of high school. Um, like almost died from being hit. I, I don't remember if it was a bat or a ball. I think it was a bat. Caught him in his face, like fractured his skull and some more shit. And he like, they thought he was going to die. Like just from the time of like responding at the field at practice and yeah. like the the 15 minutes it got him to the hospital, it took to get him to the hospital. It was so bad that they had immediately had to airlift him to another hospital because they didn't have what they needed to to actually keep this kid alive. And yeah. so he goes obviously through this traumatic experience. He has to learn how to do everything all over again. Uh, but he didn't want to give up playing baseball. And so it was the idea that like before this, he was like a starter, dot, dot, dot. He has this accident. He doesn't even make the varsity. It was it was his junior year because he comes back mm -hmm. for his senior year. He doesn't even make the varsity squad like wow. at the beginning of the season. And it's it was him like insisting, I got to do a little bit more. I got to do a little bit more. I got to do a little bit more. Um, and it got him to the point where he actually not only ended up being able to play his senior year, but he ended up actually being able to play in college. And even though he walked on in college, that same, like once he kind of figured out this whole idea, like I just need to be 1% better than I was yesterday, like mm -hmm. ended up graduating all like all academic American and this, that, and the third. So basically he just, he takes what he kind of learned by trial and error with himself. And then of course he went and got like a psych degree or some shit and, you know, then breaks it down to like just the little things that you can do. And, and it's really helpful because it's like, why do diets fail? Why does exercise fail? Why does, you know, trying to stop smoking, you know, fail, obviously, if you're doing the right thing, right? Because nicotine is an addiction, you know, so he's not implying that you can just will it away. But like, why is it that anytime you try to change something, you fail? And it's because everybody always focus, focuses on like a goal instead of focusing on those minor improvements. So like even weight loss, if you want to lose 50 pounds, you focus on losing the 50 pounds. And so in a week when you don't see that you've dropped five pounds, you're like, fuck it. I suck at this. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but he's saying that people will start saying, well, you know, don't focus on losing the 50 pounds a week. Focus on losing just one or two pounds a week. And he's like, yeah, that's great. But what happens if you step on the scale at the wrong time of the day and you didn't lose those two pounds? You're mm -hmm. still going to feel defeated. So instead of focusing on that, it's OK. Today I ate this. My focus is tomorrow to maybe just eat 10 calories less. Or maybe if I had meat, you know, three meals yesterday, well, today I'm only going to have meat two meals, right? And it's just like making those tiny, tiny changes, you'll get to your goal. So again, not a super long read. Uh, really, this is one of those books that like, it, you're probably like, oh God, Marie, I've already heard of this book, but like, it is a really good book. Like, you know, the who's who's love it and refer to it about just how helpful it is. And I, I read those types of books a lot of times with trepidation, but like, I really feel like I gained some valuable insight into how to think about trying to change anything or trying to improve habits in general. So um, yeah, not a long read, good book. I'd recommend anybody to read it that has had problems in the past um, with trying to shift habits 
or trying to establish habits. Cause a lot of people don't even have habits, right? Like right. they don't have a morning routine or they don't have a, a daily routine that they go through. They just kind of go. And so like, this is one of those types of books that's like really, really helpful for helping you establish a routine to like make things easier for yourself. So yeah, that's it. Not exciting, not fun, no real, um, you know, messiness to boot, but still really good reads, especially if you're kind of in that self-care, self-improvement place and, you know, try to try something different for the spring and summer. So yeah, that's I what I got. That. You need, you need more narrative books. <clears throat> Okay, Don't tell I do. Her what she needs. Stop. No. Stop. Well, no, no. It's it's interesting that he said that because no, because I, right? I literally I will go through like right now I'm reading a book that my therapist recommended, um, healing the shame that binds us. And Ooh. Yeah, we, we, my therapy sessions are not fun, um, but like. I I don't I can't only read like self help or like books yeah, that yeah, like, yeah yeah do it for me sometimes I need like a a book that's kind of trashy or fun or things like that. Well, no, I, I think that that's a really good point because I normally do it in phases and it used to be this thing where like for every like non-fun book, I would try to read a fun book. But then I realized I would never finish the non-fun book and just read the fun book. So now instead I'm like, okay, I'm going to take these two months to only read non-fun books. So like right now I finished those two, but I have like, this other book, The Trusted Advisor, and this other book, uh, Riding Shotgun, which has to do with like strategic sea lover. Again, just again, not fun books. But I'm like, okay, great. I just need to finish these two that I'm still reading. And then I can get into something fun because I've now read like four non-fun, good for me books. So that's where this, I think, is a perfect transition point to talk about what's on our list and what's next. So once I finish those books, I actually have several fun books lined up. So do you want to go into uh, it? Yeah, into I'm going to, I'm going to roll right into it. So first one that I, I didn't even realize it is dropping. I don't think it's dropped yet. Oh no, no. Okay. So wait, I got to hold off on that one because that comes into the ones that I'm excited that are coming out. So I'll leave that alone. Um, but I'm actually going to go a little old school. I understand that uh, Percy Jackson is getting a show and I have actually never read the books. So I want to dive into the Percy Jackson, the Olympiad series, and I want to like knock all of that out. Um, so I have those. I also want to pick up Children of Blood and Bone and get through uh, Children of Blood and Bone. So Children of Blood and Bone, uh, it's by Tomi Adeyemi. It's basically like a fantasy series, uh, kind of a la Harry Potter, but not a la Harry Potter because it's not like whimsical, so to speak. It focuses a lot on the Orisha. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to getting into that. I've been talking about getting into it for like three years from like the first time my cousin told me about the books. But I'm like, this is going to be like my fun summer read is to like go through um, Children of Blood and Bone and knock out Percy Jackson because uh, they're going to be fun. So yeah, I'm looking forward to those. Those are mine. You want to go next, Manira? Or Eric, did you want to go next? I can go next. Yeah, hit it. Okay, I will go next. Um, Okay, so first and foremost, did you guys know that it was um, Pacific Islander and uh, Asian month? 
Yeah, Asian American Pacific Islander. Islanders. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, um, in why are you looking? Is at- it because I yeah. always thought that it was closer to Hispanic. Like I felt like it rolled like. It finished and it rolled right into Hispanic Heritage Month. So I got my months mixed up. Please continue. No worries. Um, so I have the book called Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Um, it is by Melinda Lowe. And it is about 1954 America um, and two Asian Americans uh, falling in love two little girls um and so i was interested in that yeah oh okay Uh Um, all right i was interested i was interested in that um it is also a national book award winner so um that is a good one um i'm getting into a series and i say that with trepidation because i only want the two um, books and the first one that I bought is The Mistress of All Evil. This is by Serena Valentine. Um, Valentino, I do apologize. And it is um, from the Villains series. The villains Ooh. are Disney villains. And it is basically, <laughs> yes. And I also have the Ursula one as well. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So mm-hmm. I need to, I need to get you, those from you. 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 Okay. Know you know Keep it. Going. You know it. Um, so it is basically what happens if the one for Ursula is what happens if Ursula wins in the end, if Eric and everyone does not kill Ursula in the end, spoiler alert, of, um, of um, Little Mermaid. So I'm guessing this one is if Maleficent wins. And I mean, we've already seen that movie. It's called Maleficent. But (laughs) if Maleficent Maleficent from the actual like Disney animated does not um, get killed and um, she perseveres as well. So that is that. Um, In the same vein from a twisted tale um, from Liz Braswell, I have Once Upon a Dream, which is basically Ooh. What If the Sleeping Beauty Never Woke Up? Let's find out about it. And uh, Part of Your World, What If Ariel Had Never Defeated you, um, Ursula? Same thing, just nice. by different writers. And I wanted to hear about that. Last thing on my list, um, I like murder mysteries. So this one is um, Moonstones and Murder. It's the first in a series of Maggie and Mike, Cozy Mysteries. Maggie and Mike are empty nesters who uh, all of their kids are gone and they start to solve mysteries. Um, There is a Christmas one that I really wanted, but I could not find that. And so when I was at Barnes and Nobles. Can that be a real thing though? Like, I'm I'm pretty much I mean, an you empty and Jose nester, could do it. Like, right? Could we go around solving mysteries? You just gotta f- fumble into a mystery. That's shit. That's All right, now I gotta talk to him. We gotta find a mystery mm-hmm. to fumble into. And that is the end of my thing. But also, I'm starting. Uh, something is killing children. <gasps> I have the whole series. Bitch, <laughs> because of the art. Because of the art. It's Listen, so we pretty. Went, we went to um we went to bar no we went to third eye to get um to get saga and Mm -hmm. i saw the art for this while i was standing in line and i snatched Mm -hmm. it and then i started flipping through it and then we had to go again because our puppy 
did some bad things to Eric's uh, comics. And so while I was there, I was like, you know what? Might as well. Might as well. Shit. We here. Might as well. And so I bought the whole series. Um, I want to read this with my stepson. I think that would be really cool. Um, He's getting to the age where he's reading different types and he likes dystopia, but I'm thinking that maybe like little kids being killed and then a little kid actually saving other little kids. I think that that may be right up his alley. So there's that. So that's it for me. All right, Eric, what about you? Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm also reading something that's killing the children. There's also a side book um, that just came out. I forget the name of it, but it's it's the same universe. Yeah. Um, I've also been trying to find Erica's mask from something that's killing the children because I want that mm-hmm. mask. Mm-hmm. It would still help because we're still in pandemic times, people. Yep. Um, yeah, I have I have a few that I haven't started reading yet, but I have I've already purchased and or I'm still waiting. Um, first up is Creative Quest. And it is by Questlove. Um, oh, yeah! It is essentially a book with, uh, like, it's a book about how to be more creative in your own personal life, but also like how to kind of drum up creativity as well as like exercises and things like that. And um, yeah, I, I've, I've like I am in, I'm a fan of his. I watched um, I don't know if you've watched Summer of Soul yet, his documentary that won an Oscar. I have not. Really good. Um, but yeah, it's 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 supposed to be a really good book, and I'm always looking for things to kind of, as I try to tell you guys, when you're like, make a T-shirt for this. I'm not an art monkey, and like creativity just doesn't you can't flip it on or off. So, um, you know, things that that can kind of help to inspire are, are always good things. Manir, are you good? Did she freeze? Yeah, I think she froze. But also, I don't appreciate you coming for us wanting you to give us more of your great art we ask for it because we think you're really good at it even though you may not think you're really good at it and we want more god damn it again it is difficult to do and you just can't (laughs) no i get you i get you all right well um next up um i have the um the beastie boys book that i've been meaning to get it's by uh michael diamond it is basically a kind of a history of the Beastie Boys um, up until, you know, unfortunately, the death of MCA a couple of years back. Yeah. Um, it's partly a picture book, partly a history book, but uh, I've heard it's a really good coffee table book. So I'm, I'm trying to pick it up and I want to because I, I love the Beastie Boys. And one of the uh, the great regrets in my life is that I never got to see them live. So. Right. Um, I also have uh, Urban Iran, which is by uh, Salar Abdo. It is mostly, it's partially an art book, but also partially about um, the counterculture in Iran. So it's it's partially about um, the graffiti and the street art scene there, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently is very popular. Um, it kind of reminds me of, um, I forget the name of the documentary. It's about uh, metal bands um, in Iran. So, in Iran, so. Yeah, this one came out a few years ago, so I'm I'm interested to see if there's an update since you know the 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 leadership in Iran has changed, and now it's not quite as friendly as it was a few years back when this book was published. So, yeah, I, no, but you haven't seen they haven't like done an update as of yet, though, right? No, I know a lot of times that you know sometimes they will if something has. Uh, you know, changed recently. So I'm, I'm interested to see if they, they put out a newer version before I read this one. Okay. 
Um, and finally, right. I just picked up the um, the original novel that inspired the movie Bullet Train, also called Bullet Train. Um, I wasn't aware. Wait, that it, it was, was a, a book? Yeah, I wasn't aware that it was a book. So I, I'm really looking forward to reading it. Um, apparently in the book, it, it's a Japanese character. The book is by uh, Kotaro Isaka, if you're looking to pick that up. So I'm waiting okay. to, to read that before the movie comes out because... Um, I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like um, uh, all you everything all, all you need is kill, which ended up becoming um, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, where they basically just kind of whitewashed the character. So I'm hoping, yeah, they don't yeah, because the movie still takes place in Japan as opposed to Edge of Tomorrow that didn't. It took place in London, so okay. hopefully they do a better job. Huh? Damn, Eric. I you know I feel like my my reading list is always boring next to yours so maybe i should just like have you start creating my reading list well, uh, sometimes i <laughs> will just find my way into a barnes and noble or a bookstore and just kind of look around and it, i'm very much i always go to the like the art section because a lot of times you find art books but you'll find books about the history of art and like i've, I've read pretty much all of the banksy books the ones officially by banksy and some about mm. you know people who are talking about banksy which aren't as good um actually i also recently picked up desperately seeking banksy which is one of his earlier books so that one's really good as well where he talks about you know his influences and um why he's done certain installations in certain places like when he did uh, a bunch of installations along the uh the gaza strip Oof. so he actually breaks down like the why of why he did it yeah, the why, and then he goes into like the um, the the coverage of it, and what people get wrong, what people get right, and you know, basically going into how he doesn't make any money, and you know, people that that buy and sell his stuff are basically ripping him off. Oof! All right, well that's not good, huh? All right, but he doesn't want well, any any money. He thinks it's fucked up that people can steal his his art and sell it, and then make money. I and I agree with him. Like, that's bullshit. Like, if he wanted to make money off of it, he would have sold it. Like, he would have put it in a manner. He would have created it in a manner to profit off of it. And he's not. So yeah, I don't think he's, he's wrong at all. He's still anonymous completely. Yeah. Right. Huh. All right. Well, last but not least, we wanted to kind of give you guys some books that we're looking forward to that have not released yet. Um, and so I, I don't know if you guys have any. I know I have one. So do you guys have any books that you're looking forward to that have not dropped yet? Um, no, I know that I have a list, but I don't have my list with me. And my list is on Amazon. So that's where I keep like a running list of things, even if I don't buy it on Amazon. Yep. Yep. I do. I, it's funny that you say that because I do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go for it. No, I was going to say, I literally, I have one. Um, and it's funny because, again, Eric is always introducing me to, like, it's one of those things that's interesting because, like, I'm the older sibling and normally, like, older siblings, like, bring their younger siblings along. But I feel like in our relationship, it's very, it's the exact opposite. Like, Eric is always introducing me to new shit that, like, I wasn't aware of. Uh, and a couple years ago, he introduced me to the... Uh, John dies in the end series. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, you know, he warned me, he's like, look, it's really fucking weird, but it's great. And I think that you'll enjoy it. 
And he was not wrong. And so I have like eaten up the books in the series so far. Well, the latest installment is dropping in October, um, which is going to be called, well, it, it's called If This Book if Exists, this book you're, exists in wrong, you're in the Wrong Universe. Yeah, you're in the Wrong Universe. <laughs> I I cannot fucking wait for this book to drop. Like this. Yeah, that's, that's actually on my list as well. Yeah, it's it's such it's a good series. It's the fourth book in the series. Which is kind of funny because every time you read the end of one of the books, they he could literally stop it right there. Like he yeah. doesn't he he never like the, none of these books ever actually need the next book, but it's like but you're excited once you open it and start reading mm-hmm. the next book that it's still going on. So, yeah, I'm super super excited about that. Now, it's funny because um, the gentleman who writes the book, he's been writing it under a pseudonym all these years, David Wong. Yeah. But it looks like with the he's new one, he's finally using his real name. He's finally using his real name, which is Jason Pargan. So oh. uh, it's like you can pre-order it on Amazon. It doesn't drop until October 18th. Um, so I'm definitely going to pre-order it and be happy when it gets here in October because it's the perfect read for like the Halloween season. Because, well... It's a bunch of crazy shit that goes on in these books. I know that we've talked about John dies in the end before, so I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail except this. If you do not like reading things that are gory, do not read these books because there is some really weird fucked up gory shit going on. Yeah. And, and, and that's there's like, a good movie they put out based on a lot of the first book. Um, it's the same title, John Dies at the End, and it was done by Don Coscarelli who did the Phantasm movies mm-hmm. and Bubba mm-hmm. Hotep. Um, and the, the the movie has people like um, like not Stanley Tucci, who's the other one, um, who played the Rhino. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, um... oh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah, who is great in the movie. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's just a really good movie adaptation. Unfortunately, they didn't make a second one, but you know we're lucky to get the one we had, and it was kind of low budget, but really good for what it was. Um, also, on the same vein, if you enjoy the John Dies at the End books and they're a little more horror-based and you might not be able to into horror, um, he has another series uh, that started with um, uh, futuristic violence and fancy suits, and it's about another character, uh, Zoe Ash. The second book just came out for that recently called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick, and I believe he's he's doing a, a series of that as well. That is, It takes place in the future, and it's more along the lines of like the Hunger Games as far as like dystopian future, but also, you know, fucked up technology and, you know, secret underworlds and things like that. So the second book is out and I'm not sure when the third one comes out. Okay. See, cause I got the first book. I have not sat down and read it yet. So I need to sit down and read it. Uh, so I'm not going to get the second one until I read the first one. But yeah, that you one have is yet also to... more of a linear story as well. Like the first John Dies at the End book kind of jumps back and forth between different times mm-hmm. and stories. Mm-hmm. The second one is like a very linear event. Uh, same with the third. But like the, the Zoe series is, is just like a, a straight up story. Okay. All right. Then I may definitely have to check that one out. All right. Look at us recommending books. Because we're smart and shit. We be reading. No, we be reading. (laughs) Like I said, sometimes you just got to go to a bookstore and get lost and just pick up something. If the cover intrigues you or if you know the person who wrote it, just pick it up and sit down and read. And then buy it. Right, right. That's that part and then buy it. Because that's that's the biggest part that is missing a lot of times and we need more of. Huh. All and right. you can find an well, indie shop as opposed to like a Barnes & Noble or a Books A Million, you know, mm-hmm. 
frequent local businesses. Give them some money. Always, also, always. Um, Third Eye is carrying more novels now. I've been finding a lot of, mm-hmm. like, they have a really good book section. Um, and their book section goes from, like, music to culture to, like, the occult mm-hmm. to, you know, astrology and weird shit that people are into. So they have a very eclectic set of books. So I've been finding myself buying books there more than than at big bookstores. Huh. So basically what I'm hearing is, hey, Maria, they're starting to carry a bunch of books about the shit that you like. Got yeah, it. They got a little bit of everything. That's why I picked up the the new Action Bronson book. All right. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because I was going to go to Third Eye today and then rain because I was like, oh, I'm going to go get bubbles washed. And then while I'm out there, I'm going to go to Third Eye and find a Doctor Strange shirt for this weekend uh, or well for this week because we not wait until the weekend. We are not. Uh, but but I need multiple shirts for like every time I go see it. But I digress. Uh, so I'm going to definitely check it out when I go at some point in the week. Cool. All right. Well, did we have any. Um, did we have any grab bags this week? Nobody knew what we were doing. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's true. Right. Kind of hard to have a grab bag when we didn't fucking record last week. So y'all had no idea what we were doing. So if, you got some, if you got some good recommendations for us, send them. So we yeah, can... no, please. Elle, we're looking at you because we know. I feel like she's a reader bitch. So, yeah. I would... <laughs> she's she's going to read right along with us. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, as we wrap up, just a couple of production notes. Uh, On Cup and Saucer this past week, the group's take. well, on Cup and Saucer this week, the group is taking the week off, uh, but they will be returning the week after next, and Eric is going to be covering episodes three and four of the HBO Max series Starstruck. Uh, If you haven't gotten caught up on this series, now is the time to do it, uh, because it's apparently a really good show, and so that way you'll be- really good. Yeah, you guys will be ready to roll. Um, on Heralds of the MCU, whew, mm. uh, if you haven't heard it yet, <laughs> we did our coverage of episode five. There is a lot of like sobbing and snorting of yeah. of sobbing. A whole lot of boogies. damn Daniel back at yeah. it again with the emotional trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much emotional trauma. So that's done, but. This upcoming week, we will be coming to the end of our coverage because we're going to be covering that final, the, the series final finale of Moon Knight because they keep saying we're only getting six episodes. And I refuse to believe it, but they haven't said anything to the contrary. So apparently we are really only getting six episodes. Um, and then last but certainly not least... Y'all are going to be hearing me be a whole ass fool all week uh, in every place that I can. And definitely when we record next week, because Not we will be every place that I can <laughs> in every place. Like y'all don't understand. I was legit at the nail salon today. Like, but Kathy, can you just draw a little eye of Akimoto on my nail? No, 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 no. It has to have the runes. No, no. It can't just be an eye. Right. The fuck? What like, do I, I look like? I don't know how to do that. Maria, Kathy's we're looking not, at me. you're not even my normal customer. Like, right, I don't know what I, you're asking. You're okay? not even one of my regulars. Right. Like, get you the fuck they, out of here. They sell an actual light-up Eye of Agamotto that, like, moves and shit. Stop. Stop. Or go because... to side, Sideshow Collectibles. <sighs> right. Just because... spend some money. That's what yeah, I mean, it I'm saying. <laughs> I literally have, like, three shirts in my Amazon cart right now that I'm like, ooh, I need this one, and I need this one, and I need this one. Y'all, I I am I am Manira 
with fucking Captain America right now because he's my favorite and we're going to be talking about him next week. So make sure that you check us out. He brings all the mess. He is the messiest bitch and I love it. I love it so much. So we're going to be reviewing Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness next Sunday. Um, So that's the episode that'll drop Monday. If you have not watched it by Monday, please do not listen because we are going to spoil the fuck out of that movie, but that's what we're talking about. So if you have any feedback on any of these episodes that we're talking about or anything that you've heard, make sure that you send it to us and you can do that to our email address, which is concentratedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can drop us a message on our Facebook page, which is concentrated podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. We're on both. Our handle on both is at concentrated pod. And let us know what you think. And if you're as excited as I am, because y'all, I'm so fucking excited. Y'all just don't even understand. Uh, But with that, that's it for this week, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Peace.